Kumar Kumar sir has done his graduation in commerce in the year 1969. After that, he has completed ACA and ACEWA in the year 1973. After completing his education in the year 1973, he had worked for LNT, AF, Ferguson & Co. and Visit Tanks and Vessels Limited in the Bombay until 1982. Later, he worked as a managing consultant in the field of systems design and implementation, turnaround of SIG companies until 2000. He is now currently managing partner of the MWN Press. He has conducted various classes in Costing Institute. He has presented various papers and acted as a keynote speaker for several conferences. He is a keen volunteer in the spoken Sanskrit movement and also written three books for learning Sanskrit. Not only this, he also authored a book in English, The Hindu Wedding, The Pattern in the Mosaic which will demystify the Hindu wedding rituals. He also contributed substantially and also edited Pride of India, a coffee table book on the science and technology content of ancient Sanskrit literature. He has been for several years now acting as a judge in several Gita and Sanskrit competitions. With this, we are happy to welcome Mr. Kanar Kumar sir with a great joy and honor to begin today's talk on ancient knowledge systems of India and appraisal. Contingent also had 
Indians fighting on behalf of the British. So Tipu Sultan was an acquaintance. What do you do with these guys? Because they raised sword against the mother country, do you execute them? Or because uh, they are my own brother, they are Indians, do, do I let them go? What should I do about them? This is the point for Tipu Sultan. So Tipu Sultan is confused. When you are confused, what do you do? Today you check with Google. So many years ago, what did you have done? You look at legends, you look at Puranas, you look at Itihasa. He decided to follow the footsteps of Lakshmana. Rama was an acquaintance. Surpana was bugging him. So Surpana had to be punished. But she was a woman. He didn't want to kill her or something other. Right? So what did he do? He cut off her nose. So the local man, Tipu uh, Sultan, ordered these four or five, uh, the seven of them, uh, the Indians who had fought on behalf of uh, the British, their noses were cut off. It's a very interesting consequence. One, they have been punished. Two, they become a walking holding all over uh, Mysore. Wherever you go, you are able to say, that now, even somebody had forgotten, yeah, the British have beaten. Look at the fellow's nose. One, two, it's advertised with everybody, but be careful. This is what happens to you in case you choose to take sword against the mother. So this is what it is. Don't treat them extremely satisfactory arrangement. Conversely, obviously, for the local British cantonment, it's a matter of huge embarrassment. Losing one match, one battle is okay. But having it portrayed all the time with lining moving posters is a great matter, great embarrassment. So the local uh, the who were governor of the, uh, uh, the British representative, very heavy ambassador. One day, quite accidentally, he noticed his Dutwala, the man who brought his milk, his, his uh, nose had a scar, big scar. So I said, what happened? What's your scar? Nothing. I said, what happened? Tell me what happened. That said, was terribly embarrassed. Then he realized, what? Is it the way your nose I was a very handsome man. Then what happened? He was a handsome man, and the man was able, ready to put his hands and it is good use. So he was having fun with a lot of women in the villages, village. So the local villagers, the panchayat, decided this man requires to be punished, they cut off his nose. I said, if you cut off, then cut off your nose, how did your nose grow back? He said, yes sir, I went to Maratha, there's a bite there, who fixed me. So this came as a matter of great belief to the local governor. He gathered all the six or seven soldiers who were, whose noses had been cut, went with them to Maratha, reached away, and had all of them operated. What this man did, I mean it's very, very important. Today you build a software, I don't know whether you do a manual or not. Very, very important to do documentation. What this man, layman, he's not a medical professional or anything else, right? What this man did was, from day one he went with the bed and observed everything that he did. Is my voice audible? Yes. Okay. Notice everything that the wife uh, did and documented. He went in the morning. What is the what is the green? What is the herb that he picked up? How did he treat it? How did he treat the nose? How did he clear it? From how did he take additional fresh? All that he made a note came back and had it published in the Madras case. 
there's a Madras case, it's an official organ. So since I suppose they took up a lot of things, fine things in there. So in the Madras case, this local government did an extremely detailed documentation of this procedure that the Maratha waited for. One thing that I, when I did this exercise, when I put up this book on the Pride of India and the scientific tradition of uh, uh, our land, I was not a great believer. I was a skeptic. I somehow agreed to do that. So whatever I did, I went through with a lot of, you know, skepticism. I, I, I went through very, very objective. I scrutinized. So in the course of this lecture, no matter what I say, look at it with an objective mind. Look at it objective to the point of being critical, to welcome to hear and understand whatever I am talking with that kind of mind. So this was clearly documented. I am sure this gesture is available with the archives. Then, this article was read by a medical practitioner in the fashionable part of London. He was the one who treated only the rich and famous and he had a client who was bugging him for years. He had a crooked nose. So he wanted a solution. This doctor obviously did not have a solution. Once he read this, he said, wow, I have something and there is a ready-made patient available. So he called that man. And he followed exactly the same procedure. I don't know how we got the herbs for this procedure. He completed the surgery and that rich man's nose was fixed. And not a great delight, but something is seen as what we even saw earlier. A, a surgery for beautification. So he documented, this time was a doctor. Earlier he was only a local administrator. This man, Jesse Garview, entirely documented whatever procedure that was followed and it was published in the local gentleman's magazine in Antar. Okay? So it just moved from here to here. And this magazine was read by one Dr. Graf in Germany. He was a medical practitioner. He followed the procedure. He operated on several of his patients and he documented for the first time in a medical journal. Dr. Graf documented in a medical journal after performing seven or eight surgeries on different patients, different kind of difficulty, and he called it Indian no surgery or rhinoplast. Okay, now you know the connection with Tupsatan and Sri Devi. Sri Devi went abroad and had a Okay. <laughs> now, it is not as though, it is not as though there was a super brilliant white in Maratha who didn't know. All these are documented. It was available in Shushruta Samhita. It is, I mean, it is both science and art. It is available, it is documented, it is available in Sanskrit, various places, it is science. And it's a knowledge of practice. There are a number of doctors who are able to practice it. And the Indian writer author, the, what has been practiced here, what went abroad, and that is how plastic surgery was born. I'm sure doctors today go to UK or USA. Now I want to tell you a story. 
ಹಂಗೆ ಸ್ಟೋರಿ ಶುಟಿ ನಾಯಕನಿಗೆ ಮಾತಾಡ ಇವರಿಗೆ ಅರ್ಥ ರಾಜ ಅಂತ ಅಂತ ರಾಜ ರಾಜ ಕಾಡು ಅಂದ್ಬಿಟ್ಟು 
If you multiply all these together, what will you get? 
Mahabharata Ramayana is also dated. Ramayana to Puran period is also dated. So it is something like, let us say, 6000 BC. This is there. This is the literal meaning of the serpent. Nothing exciting so far. What is really stunning is, you, you know the literature. You have a primary work. Then you have Vashyam. Let's say you talk about Vashyakara, you talk about Ramayana, Shankara, Madhvachitya. Then, then, for the Vashyam, there are commentaries there. So, there are Vyakyanakas. Then there are Karakas. So, there is a certain hierarchy of literature that is available. So, Sainacharyas was one of the people that are commentators on Rigveda. He has given a comment, commentary, again in Sanskrit, Tatacha Sarpal Sparyate Yojanana Sagasram Dve Dve Shate Dve Cha Yojanye Ekena Nimushadene Kramamana Namostate. Now, for a minute, please discard the stupid idea you don't know Sanskrit. If you listen carefully, you will know the understanding. Understanding meaning of this. Okay? I'll tell you what it is. Tatasvaryate, Svarati, Svaranam, Svaryate. It is remembered. What is remembered? Yojananam, Sahasram is 1000. Dve, Dve, 2202 Sahasram. Yojane. I have done a very literal translation of this. So, this, this sutra that Sainacharya has written, I have done a very, very literal translation which says, you travel 2202 yojanas in half a minute. That's what he says. So, you convert that into what we are saying as minds. This half a musha is not our present musha, it's a different unit of musha. This is the challenge when you go back to ancient text and attempt to interpret a lot of these units, lot of these words would have, would have completely changed. Even, even in your own day-to-day -day living language, like Tamil, spoken by you know, millions of people, within a generation, you will see the meaning acquiring completely different shapes. Can you give an example? Yeah, generation of children would have went to small schools. Today it means something else completely. So the words acquire different meanings. So if you are not careful, you will lose it. So this sutra, when it clearly gives the speed of it gives a, what it doesn't say speed of light. It says Surya, you travel at this speed namost day. Now it's an extremely simple metaphor. Extremely simple metaphor. You are saying when you say Surya is traveling at the speed, you are saying that is the speed of light. It's as simple as that. In fact, you are always on the guard whether you are imposing some meaning that does not exist. Not at all. This is especially a striking case. Oh, extremely simple. Now, you should see this. To me personally, it was an aha moment when I was working on this. Now, Sainacharya in the 14th century AD 
has fixed the speed of the Newton, who came 200 years, 300 years later, had said the speed of light is infinity. Now just look at this. We are, I am not talking about my forefathers were great. No, it doesn't take you anywhere at all. I am saying, if this knowledge had been available to Newton, how much more he could have contributed? Do you understand the point? When it comes, we are Vasudeva Kurdhubhutam. That's the kind of philosophy that, that, that enriches society. I am not trying to, this is our knowledge, this is our Veda, this is my science. No. We have this knowledge. I am not even saying, I can't, there is, there is a leap of faith. I can't imagine, honest to God, I can't imagine how Sayanacharya in 14th century AD interpreted the earlier rhythm to reach the speed of light. It's a huge gap. Today people are talking about mathematical genius uh, Ramanujam. Ramanujam would scribble a thing and say, therefore, and write the answer. Okay, today people are working back to struggle. How did he jump from here to this therefore and reach a conclusion? It's a huge area of research. Now, I don't know who will do it. So, Sayanacharya from somewhere, from that trip, he reached an extremely precise computation of the speed of light. Again, what I'm saying is, it's a huge responsibility of us. When there's so much of knowledge, and it is enshrined in Sanskrit, which is not available to the rest of the world, we have a huge responsibility to make available to the knowledge for the benefit of humanity. Just forget about India, forget about anything else. It's important that our culture discharges responsibility. Now, I kept wondering, I kept trying to see what is it that Sanacharya could have done. I have no answer, there will be other scholars who can degrade it. So I went to the next question. In 17th century, uh, 17th century, that is after Newton's time, a Dutch astronomer by name Oles Riemer had first time said speed of light is not infinite. It is not immeasurable. It is measurable, it's finite. No. I was trying to see what, how he achieved. Uh, Riemer, while being a dame, was working from Paris. For a moment, I want you people to go back to 17th century Europe. Go back, then you will understand. What would 17th century be like? Only then we will understand the astonishing work this Danish astronomer Riemer has achieved. In 17th century AD, in Europe, he was operating from France. What do you think was the question in France? Was it a democracy? Had the French Revolution taken place? Or is it still ruled by the Louis? Huh? French Revolution came 100 years later. French Revolution came 100 years later. I'm just trying to take you back and see what it is. Industrial Revolution. So you talk about anything, any kind of instrumentation, power, capability, etc. Starting with just the discovery of coal in an kingdom. That was not there. That had taken another virtually 150 years later. That was to come 150 years later. What about why? No value. Let us come 
long later. Stephen Jay, it would come another 100 years later. So this was the condition. No development, no stone engine, no coal fired fire generator, no democracy, no, no. That is the kind of time you are talking about. And this Danish astronomer, you know, the humankind always was fascinated, very easy to think about it, because you are always fascinated about the sun, moon, which is there for a few days, it grows, it wanes, it disappears, suddenly the sun disappears one day, it's a solar eclipse, the moon, you think it's a full moon day, it disappears, you got erases the lunar eclipse. So it's always a matter of fascination. In all culture you would see these are considered divine. Okay, it's a so it's obvious the human beings did a lot of observation. This gentleman dreamer was not attempting to find the measure speed of light. He was trying to see something which will be a navigational aid. Okay. Jupiter, now put it very, very critically. Virtually nothing existed in 1670. Telescope had already been discovered, uh, discovered in design. So telescope was available. Beyond that, nothing was available. Jupiter is a planet which if you go to your terrace, you can see with your naked. It's huge, farthest away, largest. The Sanskrit word guru is the largest. And Jupiter has several moons. And the brightest of the moons called low. And this is a very quick turnover. That is, the time it took to go around Jupiter was something like one and a half days or something. Which means, this moon of Jupiter, Lobo, would appear and disappear. There will be two amasses in three days. Reamer's attempt was, let's say, as a sailor when you are sailing in the ocean, you are trying to understand the direction which you are moving. He said, rather than look at our moon, he will know, he will not know that the fourth crescent, fifth day crescent, sixth day crescent. Whereas, if you look at a moon of Jupiter, he will see it happening every third day, so he will have a better bearing on the direction which he go. That is the subject. So, what did he do? This man, you know, something amazing. No instrumentation. What this man did was, he kept on knocking. So you kept on logging it for how many days? So years he kept on. So years this man will go up, see the moon, right Tuesday, send it. Log, 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 kept on logging. And at some point in time when he thought he had enough data, what did he do? He put it in Excel and sorted <laughs> When he put it in Excel and sorted it, he found something very interesting. Here you notice, the moon, the full cycle, is about 29 and a half days. He has seen that. If the man was logging the moon of uh, Jupiter, he had obviously logged, other people had logged uh, the moon of the planet itself. There is a sandy neat cycle. Whereas, this man noticed that this noticed if this consistency was not there, it becomes difficult for him to do anything with the almanac. He noticed that there was a time lag between the shortest Amavasya 
and the longest amoxia, capped in two amoxias, was asperger So this man was not, he was lost. He was lost. Then what happened?
plotter, I am not telling you to answer all points of non-medical question. He asked, ah, what is your husband going to do? do? How many children do you have? All that. My manager said, God says, I want you to do everything. He said, everything is the greatest. Suddenly, pulled his hat, wrote a question, gave it. Somewhere in the course of the conversation, he learned that the lady's husband worked in Kumbhakonam. Kumbhakonam in Tanjavur district is known for it, coffee and its fry. That area has a particular fever which is transmitted by fries. The housewife. So that is something that, that I mean, that's why right. you understand the point. He went beyond medical questions. He asked, he asked a lot of questions, and somewhere along the line, ta-ta. So even as a medical doctor, it is not X-ray and scan issues. Now I'm coming back to where here. If you look at where is science in our ancient literature, plastic surgery is in a secular text called Chakrasamhita. There's something called leech therapy. I have deliberately skipped it, I am only illustrating it, which is both in Veda and secular literature, a therapy for knee pain and believe me, it is being reintroduced, not here but Boston. Boston has at least two organizations devoted to supply of leech for therapy. It's a long story, but it is there in our Vedas as well as Sushruta Samhita. Rotation of earth, very many places in secular secularism. Speed of light physics is in secular text. Age of earth is in cosmology. There's pharmacology, something. So, what is said? Natakshatram, natakshatram, nasavidya, nasakada, nasavyogo, tanatkarma, samskade, nakshate. Nothing in science, nothing in art, nothing in technology, nothing in fine art. Which is not there. How did I anticipate your question? <laughs> so, bloody talk. If my great grandfather's great grandfather was so smart, what does it mean today? Is a question that I ask myself. And let us go a little further. I can give you any number of illustrations on how this ancient knowledge is rediscovered all over the place, mainly outside this country. But I also want you to look at it in a little more structured fashion. There is a need. I have illustrated it with reference to agriculture. Today, when you read and you look at the newspaper, you will read about suicide of farmers in Maharashtra, Andhra Pradesh, Karnataka. At a point in time, it was only Andhra Pradesh. They said they went in for the uh, cotton crops and it deserved them. Then it was Maharashtra. You talked about the yeah, they do the BT cultivation, that's what's happening. Now it's moved into Karnataka. So, where did this start? 1960s was a period of virtual revolution. High yielding variety of crops, chemical fertilizers, chemical fertilizer, large dams. Tractor, uh, grade, blessing. Undoubtedly, in the 60s, it was it's a great. This is the food minister. Uh, agriculture scientist Swaminathan was carrying the effort. He was based in Manila. It's a huge thing. But for this, 
they're looking for famine and chaos in this country. Two thousand ten, what are the issues? Former Swayze, large scale migration. If you go back and look at very many of your prospects, crime and development, large scale migration. This was the situation. Why? What was a huge blessing in 1960? In 50 years, I didn't How do you say that? Now, how do I say that? Because the nature, fertility of the year has been dropped. The natural resistance of crops to insects has been dropped. Like a child coming from America, the local child, nothing will happen. So, if the natural resistance of the crop to disease is gone, everything is gone. Okay. Now, in this situation, what is the government trying to do? This only illustrates whatever I am saying in agriculture is applicable with the same or even greater force with reference to health and medicine. In various other areas, it is applicable. What happens? You try to do a little more, subsidize the fertilizer. Subsidize insecticide, give a soft loan, give free electricity, support price. One of those rare instances you will find difficult to believe. One woman seems spoke sense. She said, when people, farmers commit suicide, don't give them a grant. Yes, it almost becomes an incentive for uh, uh, committing suicide. Everything has been done. Also, all this is not enough to now have genetically modified. We need an alternative point. This is the fundamental point. After the chemical revolution, after the industrial revolution, after a huge growth in population, one thing that is very, very clear is the way we live is not sustainable. Everywhere, I am saying a very objective thing, some of those things which are actually blessings have now become curses. It's important for us to revisit and see how we want to do it. Check them, small them, neem as a fertilizer, organic product, we need to The basic thrust of my presentation is that just because we have a great degree of science, that is not the point that I am trying to make. All that I am saying is there is a compelling need, not at this culture level, but at globally, there is a compelling need to look at the way we live on various <coughs> I will give you an example, one example. This is a fantastic solution for tuberculosis and cancer. The medicine called refractance, tax all and something. You give this, obviously, you bombard the patient with the cure, you increase dosage, his general health deteriorates in health. I mean, you will never even know. You will go and see somebody, they said, yeah, she's been given chemotherapy. She is cured. She will be worse off after the chemotherapy compared to what she was before the chemotherapy. You don't know whether the disease was better or the cure was better. It's absolutely a realistic, absolutely a realistic story. This is what it is. Now, we need a solution. Can one of you give me a solution?
and have an audio problem. Depending on the gravity of the crime, 
whether you fail to do one page of homework or three pages of homework, you will do, we will used to do topogram five times, ten times, fifteen times. I don't know what they do in schools today. This has been given a new name called Super Brain Yoga. <laughs> So what I'm coming to is, there is science everywhere. The science has relevance whether you talk about, whether you talk about Panchagavya, whether you talk about leech therapy, you talk about Topakarma, science has relevance. The very, very tragic thing is, every time somebody in the West finds out, ah, in you, Topakarma was always great. How the hell? We did not realize it was so great. Why should it take place somebody in Los Angeles? I am glad it was discovered. Should we feel at the same time great and a little stupid? That this knowledge was there, that we did nothing about. The, the really the, 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 the direction in which I want to take this presentation, take this punchline, is not merely tell you that you belong to a great ancestry. In science, I am not talking about culture, I am not talking about art, in fact, I am not talking about spiritual. We have a fantastic science and technology tradition. That's Second, once you belong, you are the same of the family, you have a great responsibility to see this. So, in that, I kept wondering, where is it that we are losing? And I'll give you an example. Now, as I told you, then again, if you are an Ayurvedic student, you could go very, very tragic. In some part of the country, especially in Chennai, somebody goes through uh, Indian medical practice certificate and she will write down prosin and novagin as a prescription. Maybe KLIs are a lot better. They stick to Ayurvedic medicine. Even then, there is a need to rediscover. The truth is not yours unless you understand it. Just because it was available in your ancient literature, just your father will see you 20,000 pages, it's yours. But you don't inherit your father's knowledge. You don't inherit his stature. You're going to work to get it. Do you understand the point? Maybe you have a starting point. So when it comes to this knowledge, there's a huge need for rediscovery. When I was doing this Paris India compilation, I had to synthesize. So I deleted one quote which was sent by me from somebody in that book. It said, a pregnant woman, mantri shishramil, one four shishramil, one five shishramil. What is this nonsense? It merely says hamil. What is a big deal? I deleted. Next day I said restaurant. My second said, what's wrong with the boss? Yesterday he said drop it, today is restaurant. Because quite accidentally I saw BBC coverage on TV that day. Queensland University had done it as a project. They said, what is the impact of milk on pregnant women? How they did it? Very, very systematic. They had a control group. They had a two group to which milk was administered. They ensured they had so many ounces of milk. At the end of the study, covering thousands of people, they said, if you take three glasses of milk every day, from the third month of pregnancy to delivery, the birth weight of the child is higher by 23 ounces. Very, very clear quantified numbers. Okay. And I think we need to learn this. 
We can't forever say this is not the way of work. My tradition, two thousand years old, it does not require validation. No, it requires a validation because your father's knowledge is not your knowledge. You should rediscover it. You should understand this. So, if you look at the Sarva Samhita, it takes you to Buddhism. There are any number of postulates which are shallow inheritances for us. We should. There's a need to revalidate each of them to understand that. That's something to be done. I was looking at somewhere else. Do you see what is happening? This is how it happened earlier. Days. The woman, you know, poor Kiachi player said, goes to the house shed, brings cow dung, and then she does a rangoli, and then have you seen this ever? Have you ever seen this? In which part? Kerala apparently it takes place all the time. Parangipu, in Tamil Nadu I think it takes place in Kartike or Marikadi? Kartike. Okay. So, this is something that takes place. Now, what, are the, what is the idea? The Sani is the antecedent. Okay. Multiple ways. In fact, you have so many of those, you know, Problems in second round. That Kautam, in some fashion, is, is, a, is a whatever, knockout or odomas around the house, protects the house. This Rangoli has some neurological impact. You are starting with the lowest element in the food chain, an ant. This Parnipu, there is some mismatch between the male flowers and the female flowers. For pollination to take place, there should be a balance should come about between the two. Therefore, you will see, that's the way pollination takes place. Some bee or something goes from one place to another place to another place. With a huge mismatch between the female and male flowers, the probability of that pollination taking place is lower. Therefore, you methodically remove the male flower, which I think are excellent, so that the probability of pollination is so, this is the tradition that happened. Okay. So, clean, kauda, angoli, and then this <coughs> Now, let us see. Today, I am sure some of you, at least when you go home, do this. How many of these things you do? You do? This out. Seldom done. That is out. Where there is no cow. This is out. Why? Huh? Not only that, even when in the bungalow, instead of using this uh, icing or rice powder, you are using something called a moguma here, some synthetic bloody material. It is not good for anybody at all. For all you it also hurts you because you are using that chemical to it. So, and the worst of the lot is making a perfect Perfecting the incompetences, so you do a plastic by stuff somewhere and paste it in front of those. Nothing, you don't bend, you don't brush, you don't have antiseptic, you don't have neurological benefit, you don't balance them. This is where the business of knowledge life comes. At some point in time, several years ago, 200 years ago, four generations ago, maybe your great grandmother. 
possibly understood the impact of all this. And their daughter, granddaughter, when they saw it, they what they did was maybe 2000 years ago, at some point in time, somebody would have vividly known the benefit of all these five steps and Subsequently, what happens is they continue to do it, but they don't know why they are doing it. Like most people are doing it. They have absolutely no idea why it is being done, but they are doing it properly. They are not using one power, they are using the rice powder. They are bringing the pineapple, making sure that they are only plucking the male flower and not the female flower. They go to the cowshed uh, to bring the gum. They do everything. They do everything competently, but with no knowledge at all of why they are doing it. That's what you call unconscious competence. You are competent, but you don't know why you are doing it. The next thing is the slippage. You move from, you, if you are plucking flowers, you are plucking some flower or other. You are not conscious to say pair of female flowers. If you are doing this, you are doing it some powder or other. Somebody would say, why do you do this as This gets even brighter. So they do all kinds of things. This is the level you are doing with unconscious. You, you don't know and you are doing it wrong. This is from, where do you go from here? When you are, when you are doing something completely wrongly, what is likely you will not get any of the benefits. Minus the benefits, nothing can be sustained. So what happens? What could happen beneficially is, somebody said, Mama, what is this nonsense? Why do you want to do it? Then, we have always done this. You know, my party used to do, my grandmother used to do. It's always good place to wait. Papa Kuchu party used to do, whatever it is. So, at least that girl is conscious. I am doing something which makes no sense at all. So, she is conscious of incompetence. When she is conscious of incompetence, what happens? You serve small hope. You will rediscover the value. Or, you will discard, which I think is fair. Instead of doing it in an observed fashion, discard <coughs> Now, why I brought this illustration is, all, there is a whole lot of postulates available in simple other lifestyle. If you look at your lifestyle, starting from whatever it is, whatever tones they put their head to the north, because that is the direction of the yama, or do sanyavandam, do this, on whatever, fast on Ekadeshi day, go to Seven Temple on Pradosham day, any number of practices, any number of practices. I think PhD students, you struggle for a year before you decide what you want to do, right? Huh? Is it? So you struggle for one year before you can decide what you want to do. I am saying that a huge ready-made list of postulates which are open and available for examination. That's all that you need. All that you need to do is there is a huge list of postulates that are available. What do you For, for pasture. At that point in time, 
Your lion delivers a cub and the lioness dies. So this, this shepherd brings the cub with him, it's a small lion cub, brings the cub with him back home and she takes care of the way she will take care of his other sheep. She feeds, there is a some milk, I mean the shepherd milk is never in shortage. He feeds that uh, uh, lion, lion cub milk every day and the lion cub grows up, plays with the sheep and go, he takes it every day to the forest for, you know, like others for grazing. One day a huge lion comes, all the sheep, including this lion cub which is now grown up, run away, scamper for their lives. The lion is chasing he forgets about his food. What is this lion? And the lion keeps on saying, meh, meh, meh. It looks uh, like a, a sheep. He drops it on the When he gets hold of the lion, the lion comes, takes him to the river and says, Say, you are not a sheep. My message to you is, remember the other times. Amutasya putraha vai. That was Swami Vekanas. Let us not imagine our situation. In an institution like this, where it represents the creme de creme of society, we should all think we are wise, capable of achieving. Charka says, 
you should take a look at it. <coughs> Second thing that I can think of is where a lot of lifestyle issues that like you eat Aati Kere on a particular day after fasting, you do fasting on uh, and a particular kind of food on Dwadashi, there are any number of lifestyle issues. Okay? Each of them I think is a starting point for I think that is one thing. In fact, I have become tired of talking about the greatness. So for some time I have been restless. It doesn't make me give me any great satisfaction to talk about the great tradition that we have. Yeah, it's revealing, but I think we should go beyond and see what That's what occurs. I don't know where. In fact, personally, uh, between me and Dr. Mahadevan, I have a whole one-day seminar in my mind in terms of four or five components in which we can provide exposition of the subject and in terms of what are the next two, three steps that should be taken. In some academic institution, there should be some effort to take. Next. Yes. Any more? Any other questions? Yeah. Speak right here. Sir, why did we lose the continuity of our movement? Pardon? Question that I am willing to answer. Second is a confession. I I lord here very very. It's getting why am I so dumb? So dumb. Okay, so dumb. Just third question. Yeah. Outside Africa, Indians have the lowest IQ in the world. Outside? Outside Africa. Including this group? Okay. Proceed. In terms of average. Outside Africa, we have the lowest IQ. I think it's the food that we eat. So. First question is, if our forefathers were so smart, how did we lose this? I'll give you an interesting story. Our forefathers, what? For example, I'll tell you a very, very interesting story. Here's a story, very, very simple story. It is the Devaloka. The Devas were doing a parayana. They had to go. There's a take commercial break, go away and come back. When they come back, everybody forgets where they have stopped the parayana. Okay? But it's appropriate to start where you stop. So everybody is going, oh, I forgot, it's always forgotten. Then, there is a tree nearby. That tree tells them, hey, this is where you stopped. This is where you stopped the parayana. Ah, then they start the parayana. Do you like the story? They call this tree Sushuvas. Shravana means resilient. Sushuvas is a name given to that tree for because it had a very good listening ability. So they call that tree Sushuvas. It is an extremely simple story. Elsewhere in some of our secular literature, there is also a description in terms of how you can take the leaf of the Sushuva's tree, squeeze it, get something, and how it is a good uh, treatment for Yerika. Now, 20 years ago, the Japs stumbled on this curve. They didn't have the advantage of the story. 
they independently, patiently went through a various experiences and then found that the leaves of the shushuas can be used to sharpen kale. Now look at the position of your uh, forefathers. They had the knowledge. They obviously did not think too much of their decisions. So I have got to reach this knowledge. Then how do I do? Somebody said, yeah, put it in this document. So it's, it's captured somewhere. Somebody said, I don't know. Is it supposed to understand this account? Then let's pack it. Let's make it a story. That's not good enough. Hey, let's call the tree Sushubas. I'm giving three clues. This tree is called Sushubas. I am also telling a story and I have put a very formula in this submission. I am sure my great grandchildren will understand. Unfortunately for them, the great grandchildren did not understand. So, the way I understand this, there is something like this. Imagine something happens today by which the entire hardware availability in the IT field disappears. All the computers have a crash. And you are not going to go to produce computers for the next 20 years. What will happen? You have lost all the hardware. Not only that, you have also lost the software. You have lost Tally, you have lost Excel. In that situation, there are some people who remember, know how the Tally software is built, the Excel was built, the Google was built. Let's say again. If we, we may not be able to rebuild the hardware in our lifetime. But does not mean we should start from scratch for the software. Let us at least protect the software. Then what do you do? You mark up all the code. Mark up all the code. Who will mark up? Let us create a community which will mark up all the code. Then what do you do? Who will support them? I will ask the rest of the community, rest of the village to support that community. Their task is only to mark up tally code, pass it on to generation to generation, their family is to be fed by the rest of the village. How do you make sure that they do? Very simple. I will give a good idea. We will make this recitation part of various samskaras. Now something like 53 samskaras from the point of birth to death, for various samskaras teacher, those days people foolishly believe that you have subscribe. So they have got a brilliant solution. Don't worry at all. We have got all this knowledge. Let us recite, reduce it to a format in which it can be remembered, recited. And when few recitations will not do, let us weave it into the samskaras. Now I was talking about the speed of light. Do you understand the point? I asked when I was writing this book, one of the boys was working with me, was a, uh, he was who had this, he's a Viking, very better, but go and find out if this is the rhythm for which Sainacharya has given a, such a brilliant interpretation, go and find out where are we using it. He came back and said, when you are doing Chaturmasya Puja, then you start with this center. And there is something which talks about the rotational diameter of the uh, depth of something. I should find out where is it used. If a brand is a thief and he has to be punished, this is recycled, he is supposed to write it 2000 times. Now, what I am saying is we have a problem of 
not knowing that this is knowledge. Whether it is Muchukundasakata or Sainacharya syndrome, at least Sainacharya knew, subsequently we did not know that it's knowledge. That was the biggest step. Subsequently, what is applied knowledge? Like this uh, Rangoli, we lost, I mean, as my good friend Emma would say, this is the science of knowledge itself. There is an insightful understanding of knowledge. How we lose knowledge? You are conscious, you are competent. You are unconscious and you are competent. You are unconscious, incompetent. Then you come to the point of discarding, discovering, and there are hundreds of things which have been discarded. There may be thousands of things which have not yet been discarded. This generation, all of us, have the responsibility to look at each of them objectively and rediscover and become conscious to come. Now, the, what the temperament required is, some of this could be nonsense. It is not as if everything is true. So, it, you require a scientific temperament to validate these things and understand. That, I think, is the way forward. Have I answered your question? IQ. Shall I tell you something? IQ is the biggest handicap in life. You will hear of so many people, they say he is so brilliant, yet he failed. I say he is so brilliant, therefore he failed. So, uh, wrong thing to say possibly in this audience, please, an average person of average intelligence can achieve a great deal in life. Above average, you have some advantage. You are superiorly above average, you have serious problem in this. So, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Much of the knowledge that you have spoken of is in Sanskrit. Now, this is considered very difficult for most people. Please say something about how a person can proceed learning Sanskrit and maybe you can speak a little in Sanskrit. This is an embedded question. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sankale Griham Agati, Annam Kadati, Vastram Dadati, Nani Kana, Panchapaisa, Jashapaisa, Mishitipaisa, Nani Kana Rapsuti, Tasse has the ache of Tambra Patramas. Tasse be Tambra Patre, Patre, Tatta, Nani Kati Stam. Evum Prati Dinam Gachati, Masa Hagata, Varshani Gatani, Rikan Spintine, Eshaha Vuchuka Hushiti. That's a 
सर्वे जन अठ
has an idea on how you can sustain it. I'm looking forward to it. One more thing that I would say, I gave you a postulate in terms of what is possible with uh, Rangori. Another positive postulate is Sandhyamudra. Okay. We should be able to get nothing else. Your group which meets a weekly basis or something, simply generate a list of postulates that you can work on. From our lifestyle, from our beliefs, list of postulates to be worked on. Yeah. Postulate 